and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober, encouraging believers to stand on the Word of God, and motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio, where no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I'm Brian Moonen, and I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. Of course, the truth is God's Word. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. Again, welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. In this show, I want to talk about Christians and voting. Should Christians vote in the United States of America or anywhere else? And what does the Bible say about our citizenship and about our responsibilities and our duties? Where God has ordained us to live, what rights has God allowed us to have where we live? We're going to talk about what the Bible says about citizenship because there are unfortunately some teachers who say that if you're a Christian, you're not an American. You shouldn't call yourself an American. You should just separate from everything to do with anything with this country and just say you're a citizen of heaven. Well, the Apostle Paul didn't view things that way. He didn't have a problem letting people know that he was a citizen of this country or that country and applying his God-given rights and protections in order to further God's will and God's plan for him to preach the gospel. It wasn't a self-serving motive. Now, if the Apostle Paul didn't have a problem with saying he was a citizen of Rome, and obviously understand he was saved, so yes, we have a citizenship, we have a greater country, we seek a greater country in heaven, amen? And we are citizens of heaven, we are seated with Christ. But for this time period that we're still living in, we are here in our bodies, we are in this country, and we are told by the Holy Bible to obey the laws of this country when they don't conflict with the Bible. And in my opinion, voting for the most righteous candidate does not conflict with anything in the Bible. To me, it is. it appears it is our responsibility to speak out and try to elect the highest amount of righteousness that God has put there, okay? Because these are all principles in the Bible. Whoever's there for you to vote for, God gave you that choice. So if it's between the Grinch and Charlie Brown, vote for Charlie Brown, okay, to simplify it. God gave you the choice, those two people. Don't complain and mock and scoff, okay, because these are people that one of those people is going to be ordained by God to be the leader of a country that publishes the Bible, a country where we are allowed to homeschool our children by God's grace, a country that, no, is not perfect, but that has done righteous deeds in the past as far as preaching the gospel, sending out missionaries to the reaches of the world to fulfill prophecy that Jesus Christ said, go ye into all the world. This country has sent out more missionaries 
and printed and published the word of God throughout centuries, okay? And that's a fact. That's a fact, amen? So that's a praise to God for giving us all this window and all this opportunity and these God-given inalienable rights that were recognized in the founding documents of this country, the United States of America. Praise God. So here we are, we're citizens of this country, and we have these rights that are given by God. Our founding documents of the country declare they were given by God. Doesn't say that we got our rights from Santa Claus, okay? And so here we go. These are the rights given by God. We get to choose who governs, and we have a say in what laws are passed and not passed. And by the way, we're told to obey the laws. So how much sense does it make that if you can influence the laws that you're supposed to obey, why wouldn't you want to have influence over that and say, I want the most righteous laws possible for myself, my household, and my nation. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a godly aspiration. That's a godly goal to have, to set, and to achieve. And we're not going to have perfection. But why wouldn't you want to try and influence the legislation and the laws to, to, to have godly, righteous laws to, to then submit to in obedience to the scriptures that we're going to read soon here. And in the past, when Christians were silent and stagnant and quiet and lazy, guess what happened? Bad laws got through. Good laws got rejected. Abortion became legal. Prayer got taken out of public life. The Bible used to be a textbook in the schoolhouses. Now you're not allowed to even carry one. Common biblical principles were acknowledged. Now they're not. Now it's a crime, okay? This is the way of the world, yes, but that doesn't mean we should shut up and not declare God's word on these matters. So my question to those who teach that a Christian should never vote or never participate in any kind of public office or hold office or do anything about anything, where would the world be if Christians never voted and never stood up and said, no, I'm sorry, but God says it's wrong to kill a baby. I would like to vote for Charlie Brown because he's not for abortion. The Grinch is. Okay. Where would the world be? The world would go to hell overnight. If the Holy Spirit indwelled Christians said nothing about anything publicly and didn't exert our right to vote, okay? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. Preaching in the street is great. People hear the gospel. It doesn't affect legislation, okay? It doesn't affect the laws. Unless they hear the preaching and get convicted and learn something and vote for some righteous policy, then it affects the legislation, right? If they do nothing, it affects nothing. They get saved. That's great. What does it do for the course of the nation? We have a system that was put in place here by God's ordination, because we're going to read in Romans 13, it does tell us that. It's ordained of God. The ways, the systems of government that wherever they are, for God's purposes, for such a time as this, that's the way it is. We do have a way to affect legislation. We do have a way to push back against the tide of satanic lies and all this terrible stuff that's going on in the world. And it's a responsibility given to us by God. Out of all the countries in the world, 
we're one of the only countries where we are a republic and we're supposed to be self-governed. Now, cry and moan about corruption and all this stuff, but you know what? You're still responsible to God because you don't know how he's going to use that. Yeah, oh, well, they can cheat. Maybe they'll try to cheat. Maybe God won't allow them to cheat in every circumstance. It's up to God, not us. So if you sit home and cry and whine about it, that's between you and God. But don't use the Bible as your reason and try to say that God said you shouldn't vote. Because I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that's true just as much as I don't believe we should just lock our doors and shut up and never tell anybody anything. I think it's our God-given right and our duty to voice what God's Holy Spirit tells us to choose which one is the most righteous. Because righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs 14.34, okay? And that certainly does not mean that every candidate, see, because newsflash, you're never going to have Jesus Christ on the ballot. We're not going to have that because here we are. When Jesus Christ himself chose the 70 of his followers and sent them out, were any of those people sinless? Were any of them perfect? Were any of them him? No. They each had their issues. Even after the Lord returned to heaven, ascended, Peter was wrong about certain things. Does that mean he shouldn't have been doing what he was doing? He was an apostle. He was wrong about circumcision and some of these matters. Paul had to withstand him to his face and bring an issue before him and say, Peter, you're wrong. He needed to be corrected. So none of us are perfect. Okay, and those people that we're voting for, are they all going to be Christians? No, they're not. But the Bible doesn't say for us to participate and obey these things only if there's Christians. Because the way of the world, we know that's not possible anyway. It's a narrow road. Very narrow. But we can't withdraw and make up and misinterpret the Bible and say we shouldn't ever participate in this. I don't believe that's right and I don't believe that's true. Because I think the whole country would just accelerate into wickedness if all Christians never stood up and said, no, enough is enough. I vote for this. I vote for pro-life candidates. And I've heard people say, well, abortion's still legal. Yeah, but do you know how much legislation has been passed to minimize the number of abortions? Thank God. And how many lives have been saved? Glory to God for that. Okay, it may not happen overnight, but that doesn't mean there's not progress being made. When we come back, we're going to look further into the Bible and see what the scriptures have to say about citizenship and about obeying the laws and being a citizen of the country where you live. We'll be right back. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's truth o'clock. The time is short. That is why KJV Prepper Christian shirts are worn to warn. KJV Prepper witness wear can be a bold witness to the unsaved and encourage believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. All designs are original. Visit KJVPrepper.com for effective Christian apparel. Worn to worn. Praise God. So before the break, we were talking about how some Christians say we shouldn't vote and they believe that, I guess we just shouldn't do much of anything. Um, We should spend our money here. We're supposed to pay our taxes here, but we shouldn't have anything to say about who is in office, who 
decides how those tax dollars are spent. That's ridiculous. That's ungodly, and that's lazy, and that's rebellious, I believe. Because why shouldn't you have some kind of say in that? There's no reason. We're here, we're obeying all the other laws. We're going to read from Romans 13, starting in verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. That's with an S, okay? That's a government powers. We're going to see that God puts in place, okay? It's not talking about God himself. It's higher powers, legal authorities, government authorities. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Just review. There's no authority or power in place that's not for some reason ordained by God. Doesn't mean it's all perfect, because it's not. But there is a plan at work. God is in control ultimately, and he is aware of what's going on. He's not being surprised and shocked and in awe over what's going on. He has ordained it, okay? Including what happens in this country. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Now let me stop right there. At the time this was written, the Roman authorities were certainly not pure and holy submitted unto God our almighty God, the father of creation of the universe and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. They acknowledged and put Jesus Christ to death with the help of the Jews, the Pharisees, the rulers of the synagogues. Okay. This is not a government that he was writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that was pure and perfect as the driven snow. So get that through your mind. Okay. So the argument that, oh, that's only talking about if they're doing good work. There's no government that's ever existed that's been a pure theocracy going by the Bible perfectly where there's never been a mistake. Okay? And this is not speaking of when Moses had the law and Israel. Okay, this is talking about a secular government where you live. It doesn't have to be a perfect Bible-based government because there is no such thing on this earth. Places that think they are are a cult with a little fence around them and all kinds of wickedness going on inside. They're Pharisees. Okay, so for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil, generally speaking. Okay, they're enforcing the rules and the laws. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. See, governments have the right to enforce laws by force. Because a sword, you know, is not a lollipop, okay? They have the right to stop criminals from doing wicked things by using force. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God and a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also. They are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, 
fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Okay, and again, the time that this was written under, the apostle was not talking about the perfect Holy Roman government or the perfect Jewish rulers or wherever all the different authority figures that were over him. So think about that. Because like I said, there is no such thing as a perfect government that is some ideology. I don't know where it's coming from, but we're here in reality world, okay? And as I said, when you have choices, that's a gift from God. That's ordained of God that you have a responsibility. You're given the right from God, not from anybody else, not from Thomas Jefferson, and he understood that, not from George Washington, not from any of these supposedly forefathers. And there were some forefathers of, you know, of that time period that were Christians. Many were not. But that's not what we're discussing here. But those rights didn't come from them. Those rights didn't come from them. Those rights that we have here are from God. We have liberty of choosing who governs us. Why? So that we can try to help direct righteousness in this land, okay? So we can publish the gospel. And so that good is not going to be evil spoken of. And I have heard people say before that we are not citizens of America and that if you call yourself an American, you're not saved and basically making you feel like you you can't say you're an American. I'm not saying we should be super patriotic and be prideful about it. But the fact of stating it, if someone asks you what country you're from and you say, I'm an American, that's a fact, okay? Because I was born here and my parents are Americans. So I'm an American, just the way Paul had free birthright of being a Roman citizen, and he declared it. It's just an earthly fact, okay? It's like, I have brown eyes. Paul was okay with acknowledging his earthly, God-ordained citizenship, Acts 21, 38 through 40. Art not thou that Egyptian which before these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness for a thousand men that were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him a license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with the hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, and he goes on, and he shares the truth with them. And he had permission from the authorities there because he reminded them, hey, I'm a Jew and I'm from Cilicia. Another instance is in Acts twenty two twenty five, And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? So Paul, con- he, he referred to himself as a Roman. Why? Because he was one. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was freeborn. So he said, Yeah, you, you paid and became a Roman. I'm one because I was born there. Well, he was born there and he was allowed to have that right. He was allowed that distinction because he referred to himself as a Roman. He didn't say, I'm sorry, I'm very ashamed, but I'm a Roman because, okay, I mean, this is, I think it's somewhat of a pharisaical position to take is part of what I wanted to say is 
to put yourself up above everybody else. All the Christians that have gone before us in this country, America, that have stood up for godly principles and tried to affect the, the course of this nation, praise God so that we could publish the word of God. So I can be on here right now and broadcast, sending out gospel tracts, making shirts and stuff that have gospel verses on them. Okay, this is not uh, third world communist dictatorship where we're getting our heads cut off for doing that. There's a reason for that. God's grace upon this country has ordained that we have self-governing and we had a Christian-based legislature for many, many years. We have laws in place that do guarantee religious liberties. So we're allowed to go and witness to people of other faiths. Okay, by God. Obviously, we're told to do that by God, but legally speaking, God has a protection in place for us so that we can facilitate, so we can't get in trouble for that. See, because that's how God wants it. It's not because that's how Ben Franklin wanted it or anything. That's what God ordained. And here we are today. Now, we need to either stand up for that and try to further that and continue that, or draw back and let it all go to hell. Because that's the way it's going to go. If we all Christians decide not to vote, how long do you think it's going to take? Less than one generation. Look at the way the world is going with all this wickedness for the sake of our children. Why, why not speak up and say, yes, these principles are godly principles. Is it perfect in every way? No. But do I have a way to slow down the tide of wickedness? Yes, I do. Lord willing. And God gives us that responsibility. Titus 2.15 says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Okay, so that is not talking about spirits. Because there's only one spirit we need to submit to, the Holy Spirit of God, okay? This is talking about the ordained magistrates, the powers and principalities that God puts there. Same referring back to what Paul wrote about in Romans. It's very easy to understand. It's not a riddle. We're supposed to submit where it doesn't conflict with God's word. And nowhere in God's word does it say, don't vote. Or in other words, don't give your opinion. Because really voting is you're choosing a pathway. You're not necessarily choosing a person saying everything about this person is like Jesus Christ. Nobody says that. You're choosing a pathway. You're choosing the direction of the policy that's going to be put into place in your state, in your town, in your city. So for God's sake, I don't think we should be silent about these matters. First Peter 2, 13 through 17 Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or into governors. Okay, and then again, this is a king with a small K. This is the king of your country, or in our case, it's a president, or over here, it's a prime minister or whatever. It's a ruler. It's you got a main ruler, then you got under that and under that, okay? Right down to your mayor and all this. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers 
and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Okay, so this is how we stand up for righteousness. By who we choose to be up there for us to obey. We're supposed to submit and obey to it. So when you have wicked rulers, you can't complain if you didn't vote. Now, if you vote and they get in anyways, God ordained that for some reason. But there's a responsibility here. This is a command for us to follow. So how can you justify and say we should have nothing to do with who these people are, these governors, these kings? If God gave us the chance to choose that person, why shouldn't we? And no, when you have a wicked ruler and they're telling you it's, you, it's now illegal to, for a man and woman to be married or whatever. No, of course we're not going to obey that. But that's not the issue at hand. The issue at hand that I'm talking about is simply, are we at liberty to vote? Or does God judge it as some wicked thing to do? I believe it's wicked to sit by and do nothing when you see all the sin that's going on, when you see babies being killed and murdered. I think it's wicked to not stand up and say, no, I'm not okay with that. I vote for this person who wants to slow that down and stop that potentially and stand up and be heard as a Christian as a follower of Jesus Christ, not just be quiet about it all and sit by and basically have blood on your hands because you're doing nothing and saying nothing about it. Yes, you can go and preach in front of an abortion clinic too, but does that mean you shouldn't vote? Because <laughs> like I said, the change is going to be enacted through legislation. That's how God has ordained the system of government we live under. We have a republic, a constitutional republic we are supposed to elect representatives. They vote. We're supposed to tell them how to vote. That's the whole system. We put them there and then we tell them, we don't want you to vote for this. We don't want you to vote for that. You're supposed to tell them what to do. They work for us in this system of government that God has ordained for this time, for this country, that he is allowed to be here, okay? This is what the Bible talks about. God ordained it. That's the way it works. So we're, we're not supposed to be rebellious against how it works. If you don't like the choices, too bad. Pick the best one. And everybody says, the lesser of two evils is still evil. No, it just means it's not perfect because you're not perfect either. Does that mean I need to call you evil? I would hope not. But if you have two candidates and neither of them are Christians, but one of them is pro-life and he wants to further that agenda... And he wants to protect other liberties, like I mentioned, homeschooling, there's other things going on. So if you have Republicans or conservatives that are trying to stand up and fight for those issues and protect those liberties that God has given us, that's God's agenda, is to protect those liberties that are righteous. So you're voting for God's righteousness. You're not necessarily voting for that guy's you know, fake hair and that guy's uh, whatever's going on with that one guy or that one person. You're voting for the agenda, the principles of righteousness to be accomplished, which is God's work, okay? It's God's ordained thing that you're voting for. You know, yes to this, no to that. And when we have that choice, I do think, again, I'm saying it, repeating myself, but I think it's a responsibility 
to go for that, to try and achieve that. And at the very least, we're going to slow down Satan's agenda by God's grace. Because we know, biblically speaking, the world is headed for a one-world government. That doesn't mean we need to take our foot off the brake and, and just be like, okay, whatever. God is not willing that any should perish. And I believe certain things that he's doing is slowing down, giving us time to preach to more people, giving more people time to wake up and be saved, giving us more time to publish the word and, and get out Bibles and tracts and everything. Nothing wrong with that. We don't want it to speed up for, the, for that reason. We care about souls. 1 Timothy 2, starting in verse 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So you see, this is good. This is good for us to pray for these leaders and also vote for them. Help get the right ones in there. Help God's agenda to go forth by trying to choose the most righteous person. Now, if God chooses, it's time to judge us and give us a wicked ruler. It's going to happen anyway. doesn't mean you still can't stand up and support the one that you believe has godly principles on his platform, whether he's perfect in character in his personal life or not. Okay? It doesn't mean you're voting for all the things he does wrong, and we would never know that anyway, because all you know is what the information you have. You could have a person who acts and purports to be, and nobody knows what's really in his heart. So even that, it's up to, between God and that person. It's good and acceptable in the sight of our God and our Savior. Okay? We're supposed to pray for these people, and we're supposed to lead a life in godliness and honesty. And you're supposed to be submitted to these magistrates and authorities where it lines up with God's rules. So our job is to try and make it so that most of that, whatever is possible, does line up with that, with God's principles. For the benefit of society, first of all, for the benefit of everyone's good, that's a caring principle, but also so that we can further obey this. The more righteous the rules are, the more we'll be able to obey this and submit to it and live in peace and get the gospel out and says, God will have, this is good because he will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. There's a better chance of that. If the righteous agenda is being strived for, Second Peter 2, 10 through 11, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. Just think about that for a second. Angels are not going to bring railing accusations against these people that God is putting in power. I don't care who it is. Angels are not talking bad about them. Angels are not going up to God's throne and saying, bad things about him or or mocking and scoffing him or saying that he shouldn't be there, okay? Angels are not doing that. So if we do that, it says we're presumptuous, 
self-willed and not afraid to speak evil. That, that means that's a sin. It's evil. You're speaking in an evil tongue, in an evil way, speaking evil against somebody that God says is a dignity. That means a person in authority that God put there. The same God that sent his only begotten son to die on the cross and raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay, it's the same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that created the whole universe we live in, the God that created this country here from sea to shining sea and all that, the same God. You're going against who he put, okay? If we are presumptuous and self-willed and we want to run our mouth about all these things, we're supposed to be praying for them, not speak evil of them. Now, I just want to read a few quotes from John Jay. He was the first chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court just for you to ponder and think about. Unto him who is the author and giver of all good, I render sincere and humble thanks for his manifold and unmerited blessings, and especially for our redemption and salvation by his beloved Son. He has been pleased to bless me with excellent parents, with a virtuous wife, and with worthy children. His protection has accompanied me through many eventful years, faithfully employed in the service of my country. His providence has not only conducted me to this tranquil situation, but also given me abundant reason to be contented and thankful. Blessed be his holy name. Okay, now another quote from John Jay. Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty, as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation, to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. Another quote, The Americans are the first people whom heaven has favored with an opportunity of deliberating upon and choosing the forms of government under which they should live. And I praise God for that. As I said, this, this is our solemn responsibility. It has been ordained by God. The form of government we live under here, self-governance, of constitutional republic is ordained by God. That's why we're here. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be here if it wasn't, okay? Proverbs 21:1 The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. And I praise God for that, too. Any person can get saved. If God can save me, he could save anyone. He can save Hillary Clinton, he can save Donald Trump, he can save any person's soul by God's grace. President James A. Garfield, the 20th president, in, in 1876, he said this, Now more than ever before, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities to represent them in the national legislature. If the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture, and the morality of the nation do not aid in controlling the political forces. And I agree with that. And that's what I wanted to say. It's our responsibility, and I do believe Christians who have the Holy Spirit, we're the only people in the world who have wisdom from the fear of the Lord, of all people. We need to do 
God's will in the voting booth and try, try, try as we may to discern and vote for the most righteous agenda, not necessarily individuals, the policies, okay? We want pro-life policies, vote for it. And that's what I wanted to encourage you to do before it's too late because we don't know how much time we have left. Many of us have children that we love and we care about. And I want to set an example for my children to do right, speak up, and this is God's ordained form of government for us right now. And God's given us this responsibility. And I believe the scriptures are clear. I don't think there's anything in the scriptures that forbids us from voting and trying to choose the best out of 10 candidates or two candidates or four candidates. But to the contrary, I think that this is our responsibility to God and that if we don't do anything, it's a shame upon us. So I just wanted to encourage you to vote. It's very, very important. A lot of turning points. God bless each and every person who listens. And I just want to thank you for listening. If you do want to support Truth Dealer Radio, there's a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. I hope you tune in again next time. God bless you. Be strong. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com. You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening.